Looks of a turtle. Okay, good. Before the pod begins, Steve here. I just want to let you know we've started a Kofi page. I know you're thinking, that's when the begging starts. But no, we're not doing it because we're chasing the Yankee dollar. We're doing it so we can continue to bring you the best guests and the best possible content. Listener individuality. It's new podcasting style. Guilty. Unorthodox. Sue me. We wouldn't do it without you guys, and we genuinely love every review, retweet, share, and rating you've given us. Trust, encouragement, reward, loyalty, satisfaction. If you feel like buying us a coffee or a tea, different drinks for different needs, then we're at co-fi.com slash outofofficepodcast. That's ko-fi.com slash outofofficepodcast. I will not have her tunnel banded around this office Willy nilly. I can make that dream come true too, aka for you. Eat it out, there's people starving in the world which I hate. Oh, love me. Pathetic. Hi, Steve. Hello. How are you? Evening. I'm good. I'm good. Recently, uh, Found out I'm a COVID survivor, so, you know, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I had wondered how long, and straight in with it. So, yeah, it's I don't know. News, isn't it? Is it? I suppose it is. Yeah. It's not it's, really, but interesting, isn't it? Um, interesting to know. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is interesting. You'll just be one of those blokes in the pub in three or four months going, yeah, I had it. I had it. Yeah. You, know those, you know those people that died? Uh, I not me, mate. Yeah, <laughs> didn't even know. COVID completed, it, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, to a virus. Shame. Yeah, uh, obviously our our thoughts and feelings go out to those that have been affected by the virus. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's not not laughing matter really. Um, shame on you, probably. But nah, that's a shame. We have to celebrate our wins in these troubled times. So fair play. Um, your shit. Is- ah, your shit. Ah. <laughs> What else is happening? Football's back. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Good what to see um, certain teams getting pumped. That was fun. Yeah, David Luiz is good, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, did you enjoy the crowd noise or the, or the vibe at all? Did you watch any of the games? Um, yeah, the first game wanted well, it made me want wanted it made me want them. <laughs> To avoid the season again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was gash. Um, second game, very entertaining. I, I think the crowd noise adds something. Although it's clearly fake, it would be a bit eerie. Otherwise, you just hear a lot of, oh, for fuck's sake, fucking get him. And yeah, you just hear lots of swearing, I think. so. Remember when you used to play the old like console games and if you had the volume at the right level, you could, you'd hear the ball being passed. That kind mm. of dull thud. I didn't yeah. want that. So I think you're right. And I think you, I realised that you don't actually watch the crowd at all. With the noise, you just automatically think they're there. It was almost <laughs> like it was a normal game. It was really strange. There you go. So well done. Hats off to to Sky and the Premier League for putting that together. Karen, if you listen. Well done, mate. Friend of the show. You in today. You and today, another Big Keith. another friend of the show now. Um, yeah, uh, this one's been one we've we've been trying to um, to nail down for a while. Um, Icon, Keith's character, 
everyone loves Big Keith. And yeah, I think I'm really looking forward to it. It's definitely up there in the the sort of the characters that remind you of The Office. You know, if you were to say five characters, it'd definitely be there in every every selection. I would have imagined. Oh, gotcha. So, some of the most quotable lines involve Keith, I think. You know, there's, oh, there's, there's certainly some that get used with absolutely everything, like the whole don't know, you know. What are the options again? Yeah. Better repeat. Yeah. It's, it's like with, like, I suppose, like with anything with the show, it's relentless. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're learning that as we go, the relentlessness of it. But um, yeah, really looking forward to sort of see Ewan's take and uh, and discuss, um, you know, because he, he's almost become a sort of face of the office a little bit in terms of his rapport with the fans and the work he does with the, the kind of the fan groups and, and things like we do. So, um, you know, should... recently he's the only one kind of keeping the vibe alive, isn't he? There's not many, yeah. any of the, sort of the main characters that do anything sort of specifically related to the office and he's the only one out there still making a bit of bunts out of it absolutely why wouldn't you yeah absolutely we, we want a bit of that so yeah <laughs> you went touch this guess him um anyway should we should we bring him in enough talking about him let's talk yeah. to him hello 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 here he is hi how's it yeah. going yeah very good how are you doing you okay yeah very good thanks very good Good stuff. Good to hear it. How's um, lockdown life? You know, it's been uh, pretty dull. <laughs> I think that's pretty much the standard answer for most, isn't it? It's um, yeah. It's it was interesting for about two weeks when there was something new to talk about, and now yeah, everyone's like it was that. funny for a while, but it's uh, it's not as funny anymore. Yeah, that's true. The rains began and. Uh, <laughs> do you find that I don't know you're not one of those that's sort of using it to learn a new skill learn the guitar or new language or you know all these that you see on social media using it to hone my ability to watch Netflix <laughs> Amazon yeah I think that's <laughs> that's about right I said I was going to I was going to use lockdown to learn how to do a backflip it hasn't really worked I can remember that actually yeah yeah I don't think I'm going to have long to, to perfect it. <laughs> It'll be a couple of weeks. It's too much pressure, really. Yeah. Setting yourself challenges like that. I mean, it's just too much hassle. I tell you. The thing is, it wasn't like I'm going to learn how to knit. I've sort of went big with it, I think. Yeah, there's, you know, learning a new skill and there's learning how to do a backflip. Well, I think if you want to learn how to do a backflip, you need a trampoline, don't you? That's the only really way to do it. Mm. And probably to be about 15 years younger, I reckon. <laughs> I was going to say, always that, yeah. there's, a pre, there's a prerequisite to a backflip, surely, that well, the backflip is almost the end of the, the kind of arduous task of becoming athletic and a gymnast, surely. Just mm. that one skill alone is, yeah, an interesting... Um, interesting it would have been a good challenge. party trick, though. Yeah. Hey-ho. <laughs> good way to break your back at a party yeah when <laughs> yeah when you try it on that first night out after a few pints and it doesn't go yeah. to plan or oh, terrible that's the dangerous thing is even though i know that i can't do it after i've had a few i might get that little bit of confidence <laughs> yeah we go anyway well you and we're, we're really um really pleased you could join us and uh, massively appreciate you taking the time um to talk to 
ultimately a couple of divs. Um, it's, uh, it's a big pleasure. <laughs> it's a catchphrase. <laughs> that is a hey. no, no problem. No problem. It's becoming our catchphrase, actually. Yeah, a couple of divs, and yeah. no one's no one's pulling us up and going, no, 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 you're not. So, well, didn't, we didn't, well, you need to prove it. You need to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucy said we're a couple of lovely idiots, which I'll take. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to be an idiot, you might as well be a lovely one. I think that's fair. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it'd be ultimately our our podcast is a, a slightly different take on the office. I think we're. Um, we're less worried about the analytics, I think, and going into the nth degree of detail on the show. And we're by no means experts on that. And I think it's probably been done a hundred times and maybe more. Um, but we're really interested in just getting as many different takes, as many different angles from the show. And obviously someone like yourself, you, whose character was is one of the most iconic, I think, and makes the show what it is. It, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to pick your brains and, and just um, hear your story, really, I guess, a little bit. So, um, I mean, how, how, did you, away. how did you end up um, in the show? End up sounds a terrible phrase as well, by the way. Apologies for that. How did you end up in this awful show? How did I end up beginning in it? <laughs> yeah. The, end, the beginning of the end of the beginning was... Um, <laughs> Well, to be honest, the thing with the first series of The Office was, uh, you, you may have well have heard this before, but the original scripts, which you won't ever find anywhere now, uh, uh, they said uh, a lot of the lines in the original first or in the original shooting scripts, it would just say uh, office worker, a few of the lines. And so what happened was when they were getting people to play the the office workers scattered around the place. Uh, instead of getting extras, they wanted to get actual actors in because there were these lines of dialogue and they, were, they wouldn't know, they didn't know where they'd be filming at any one point in a few of these open plan scenes. So what they wanted was if they were happened to be at one part of the office where somebody like Alex was or Phil was or one of the actors who were just playing the office part, they could just grab them and get them to do the line of dialogue. It's an office worker. So obviously you couldn't do that with extras because there's rules about extra speaking and things like that. It's all a bit, uh, bit of red tape involved. So for all of us who were the office workers, uh, we were kind of actors who'd done comedy before, but they wanted people who hadn't been on TV before because they wanted people to flip onto it and think it was a real documentary. So yeah. they wanted. So that's how I ended up doing it. So I'd never met, uh, never read the scripts, and never met Ricky or Steve before. Well, I met Steve, but that was a different. Well, so a while ago, doing something completely different. But yeah, they. I just got in as one of these guys to be around the place, and um, basically they started uh, the first, almost the first day. I think it was when Ricky was doing the. Uh, take the new guy around the place, Oliver, who was actually confusingly playing the character called Ricky. Uh, <laughs> when he was introducing him around the place, he would just, he came to oh, the accounts bit and um, he just sort of liked what I was doing, I guess. He called me Keith. Uh, and of course, he, if, if Ricky gave a character a name while he was ad-libbing, uh, somebody has to write that down and they have to, you have to keep that name for continuity reasons obviously <laughs> yeah. uh, if they came back to you on another day and they'd forgotten and only called you Roger or something obviously that would be a nightmare <laughs> when they came to editing it so 
while he was doing that in the first series, if he was going around and calling somebody something, they'd write that down. So he called me Keith very early, uh, and that stuck. Uh, and then they liked sort of what I was doing with the little lines they were giving out. So they sort of wrote me as a as an actual character. So by series two, they'd actually given lines to me as Keith. Whereas in series one, that was uh, those lines weren't there. Even the famous sort of the Scotch egg scene in series one, when that when that script was first written, when I was doing it when we were recording it in the script it just said office worker oh, uh so weirdly even though people seem oh. really associate that as a real keith moment it was actually just uh just worker. a generic line a generic scene so that's mad i was quite lucky, never... was quite lucky yeah. that i managed to uh to kind of get get in with them or, or do something to impress them and get given those bits of dialogue early on and uh, then sort of create the character we could have never had it the, the same way there. The iconic Scotch air could have been so different. That's mad. That's, um, it's really interesting yeah. the way that... Yeah, it was weird. It's very weird, isn't it, how these things happen? Yeah, because you can't imagine that being any other way now. I guess that's the same for the whole series, but, I mean, yeah, it's just... That's I almost if they had if they had sort of designed the character with a, a kind of a specific person in mind, but obviously not if they just got people in and kind of... I said, sort of ad-libbed it and... Yeah, no, because there was no one character. I just, uh, there were just lines, like I said, just said in a script, would just say office worker. And it could have been anyone. And then when I started doing them, um, you know, I probably annoyed some of the other guys because I I ended up getting most of those little bits uh, (laughs) in series one. Fuck them. And uh, (laughs) yeah, and then then that, that grew from that room. Love that. Love that actually. I imagine. I don't know. Does it get quite? I can imagine the potential to get quite competitive in that kind of environment. Almost like the um, well, like extras itself. I guess the series maybe not quite as. Not re- no, not really. Everyone was pretty relaxed actually. I think, especially that, especially then the first series because nobody knew it was going to be a big hit at all. Nobody knew it was going to even be seen. Really, it was. Uh, sure. I know the BBC hadn't done a very very high hopes for it. Uh, so it wasn't sort of oh this is going to be the next big comedy show it was more kind of we're just there just take the money and run kind of thing you just it's a job just a job at the time makes sense I love that uh, yeah office worker became became cute I didn't know and obviously it's great to hear that the name just came randomly as well I wonder where Keith came from that's um where's Keith come yeah. from where's Keith come from <laughs> I think he just looked at me and he saw the name Keith it was um, obviously I, when he did that I was just sort of staring at him just chewing and looking vacant uh, and something about that just uh, <laughs> inspired the name I guess yeah I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you get called Keith it's probably one of the annoying questions that you've had a billion times but I'm guessing people still see you in the street and go oh look it's Keith yeah they do. It's uh, not as much as they used to, weirdly, which is quite nice. Uh, there was definitely a time when it was when it was uh, all the time. Mm. I think now because now because it's a lot easier to Google things. Some people have actually got the, the manners to look me up on the internet and find what my actual name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, Yeah. So, but yeah, it used to be especially you know just people shouting Keith at you in the street or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it is. I mean, it still happens a lot, you know. 
I think it still um, happens on jobs. On jobs, when I'm work, I'll be, I could have been working with somebody and <laughs> on a on a show, and they'll start calling me Keith. That's mad. And they get very embarrassed about it. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the the, uh, the way you could play up with that could be quite interesting. I'm sure you've had some fun <laughs> with, that, with that one. Um, yeah, this is um, it's a testament to you guys actually, and we I think we said sort of similar things to Lucy really to still have the um, not the responsibility. That's probably the wrong word, but um, a kind of a rapport with the fans of the show that uh, I mean it's, it's literally taken over some people's lives in terms of the quotes and the way that they interact with each other through their whatsapp groups and, and we're certainly guilty of that but um, to, for 20 I, do find it, on, I still find it funny when people sort of refer to Martin <laughs> as Tim from the office you know he's only yeah. been in like the biggest grossing <laughs> film of all time you know yeah. that's all not much it's like oh it's, look it's Tim from the office It'll always you don't Tim. hear much yeah. from you don't hear much from him anymore. So especially going back to much of the, the office stuff. It's interesting when we spoke to was it Ralph? He said that Yeah. Um he said that uh with uh Ralph Innocent. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's very much against um having anything associating him with Finchie. He said that he's been on they were on some jobs before and he kind of specifically said not to not to refer to him as Finchy or speak to anything about Finchy. Um, yeah, I think part that's partly I think just to do with the character. Oh for sure. You don't you, I mean you don't want to be typecast as a gobby misogynistic <laughs> arsewipe, do you? Um, I mean to, to be absolutely fair play to Ralph, I, even while we were making it, uh, he used to hate the character. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> he used to come in and he used to go I remember we would come in because obviously we were there all the time, but he would, Finch would just crop up now and again. And he'd come in and he'd be like, oh, it's all right for you lot, just kind of getting all these, just sitting around doing whatever, I've got to come in and play this absolute wanker type thing. <laughs> uh, so he, he knew, even at the time, I don't think he particularly, he knew it was a great you know, part and a great uh, comic character. I think actually playing him, I think mm. was a bit of a, I don't think he particularly liked it. To be honest. <laughs> That's mad. I think you often get where some people like that kind of uh, the dark side to allow that kind of freedom to express that, where you don't get yeah, to do I mean, that in a, in a weird way. It's, it's hard, isn't it? It's like it's not that it's it's he's very he knows he's good at it. You know, he's got he's obviously going to be, be interesting exploring that kind of character. But at the end of the day, you know, if you look at it objectively, it's not exactly. It's not the greatest sort of role model, is it? <laughs> no, certainly not. And he's, uh, yeah, probably one that hasn't aged the best. Through. I mean, even at the time, it was pretty, it was out there, wasn't it? But yeah, twenty years on, it's still. Um, I think it's got you. Yeah. I think it's kind of. I think a lot, a lot of that the show. It's, it's almost. It's almost better now because you could, for the fact for the reason you couldn't get away with it now. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it still isn't. I still think you can't call it, especially at the moment, looking at things that are now being claimed are offensive retrospectively. Mm. But I don't think you could claim that with the office. I think you would still look at it and go, oh, that's very, very near the edge that those people are existing. But the, the, the kind of the way it's written is kind of shows that you're not endorsing it or in any way saying, mm. oh, this is the way to behave. It's very much showing up these guys as the sort of uh, the nasty pieces of work they are. Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, that's but, the, like, the, you know, at the, the moment, people would be would be very reluctant to go down that route with comedy because everyone's on treading on eggshells. Mm. It's yeah. a shame because I mean, like like you say, it, it's a case of showing up the bad behaviour of the people and that kind of satire on those bosses that act as though they're overly woke, like David Brent, but at the same time act completely um, sort of un-PC. So yeah, yeah, it's it. Yeah, I think I think that's where it's so cleverly written that you've got that character who, in himself, is Mister Righteous and everything. But <sighs> countless times, yeah, it, it just just gets it wrong, doesn't it? It's. Do you find that obviously with, as a comedy writer and, and and performer yourself from a, from your background? Do you think that it's got easier or I guess harder to? to kind of know where that line is, is especially I've when... Got, I've got a lot harder in the TV, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, just because it's kind of in the public eye and it seems to be the first thing that gets attacked. You know, you could go to a library, any library you want and find, you know, a hundred books in there that are much more offensive than anything on TV, but because they're not in the public eye and because they're not high profile, they, they can sort of get away with it. Mm. Uh, yeah, very true. And a lot of a lot of the subtleties and the nuances uh, in the office, you kind of you, you probably wouldn't try at the moment, just because you'd be worried about getting censored or or not not having it not get through. We've mentioned this on a couple of our recent podcasts, just talking to people about you know just the general comedy landscape on TV at the minute, and it's a shame because when you, I mean just this last week when you've got various shows being cancelled and um, people seemingly being cancelled and castigated for previous things. And some of them rightly so. Some of them were, you know, mm. very much close to the bone and were sort of quite fragrantly offensive. But <laughs> at the same time, I, because it, everything is so on a knife edge at the moment, I don't think you're going to get any comedies that are going to try and push the boundaries a little bit like you have done in the past. And in the, in a lot of ways, that's where a lot of the humour comes from. You know, you, I don't think you'd get away with doing a um, show like The Inbetweeners now or even some of the stuff that's in shows like Peep Show. I think it, absolutely, everything is everything, going to be so, I don't know, just made so sterile, I think. And it's a, it's a shame that that's, it's come to that. And like you say, all it takes is one bad joke in one show and essentially that's your career ruined no one's going to want to no one's going to want to sort of put their head above the parapet and be the one to try and push a boundary now because it's just not worth it not in the long run yeah i mean people will do again i mean obviously at the moment for this weird time anyway uh i don't think it'll stay like this for forever um and you know the clever writers the good writers will always find a way around it or find a way of dealing with it uh, in a way that, that doesn't necessarily transgress current guidelines. But it's just, a, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, see how this plays out in the next few months. But uh, yeah, it, it is weird. It's, you, everything's judged by the, by the current time. People forget about what it was like back then and how people's standards were different, but there's not a lot you can do about it really. No. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think Brett Brent's almost aged well in that respect from a parody point of view. I mean, he would be a perfect parody of the of the kind of that that kind of woke culture today. I think it's uh, 
but absolutely but the trouble are... with Brent the Brent's <laughs> Brent's great, but again, the problem at the moment would be all those times when the mask slips with Brent. Mm. Yeah. You know, what the whole thing of, you know, do do your alley gym. Oh no, not you, it's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A scene like that, which is brilliant. But you wonder if they would be able to do it now. I, you'd hope. I mean, I would hope that the context of the joke being the fact that he's getting it wrong and not about the connotation of uh, the the kind of where Brent's uh, error is would would hopefully be be enough for people. But yeah, context has become cloudy and not really relevant yeah, to the, exactly. the cancel culture. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right though. I think it will. I think there will be a there'll be a renaissance from a, a comedy point of view and we'll get some some good parody. We spoke to the guys from um, who do the the podcast about this country and that's probably been the closest thing, I think, recently to kind of a, a The Office-style show. Um, so it's good to see stuff like that sort of coming through. Well, one of the characters, they literally just nicked everything <laughs> about him, didn't they? Um, uh, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, there's, there's the paying tribute, and then they're just stealing the look and the voice. <laughs> Yeah, I think I heard somewhere that Gareth's voice was supposedly based on Steve Merchant's accent. I think I don't I don't know if I've made that up or whether I've heard that. But um, well, the thing with uh, the thing with Gareth was it was going to be meant to be played by a sort of a big rugby style player. That was it. Like yeah. somebody of that build, I think, was vaguely based on maybe somebody Steve knew, uh, and it wasn't until Mackenzie came in that they decided all. Oh, he should be played by this kind of slightly screw. It's funnier if yeah. he talks a big game, but he's actually quite a scrawny sort of <laughs> weedy type figure. Yeah. So yeah, I think it, it was definitely originally based on, I think, a bigger guy that Steve maybe knew, or even vaguely on. You know, I think uh, in earlier drafts and read-throughs, probably Steve would have read that part himself. So That's he definitely enough. did a slightly Steve Steve uh, Merchant accent for Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine like a big meathead playing Gareth's role, but I definitely agree. They they went down the right route with the, the sort of the thin. Yeah, it was more ridiculous. Yeah. Because of the, the bravado. Yeah. Of this sort absolutely. of slightly strange little man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely works. It's hard to imagine any of it differently now. But I mean, yeah. would, you, would you have, in, uh, I guess it's hard to say, but would you have enjoyed to play any other of the uh, characters at all? Or anything that you thought maybe would have been perfect? I don't think I'd have been as good as anyone. I mean, no way. I mean, <laughs> the only... Very uh, Yeah. I mean, I would have... If I hadn't been Keith, I wouldn't have minded to have a go at the old uh, at Simon, the IT guy. But then again, you know, couldn't have done it as well as Matty did. Yeah. Um, Matty actually nailed that. The fact that he was only in for that one scene. And yeah, he's still remembered as uh, with by a lot of people as one of their favourite characters. He's yeah. shows how, how good that was. He's great, though, isn't he? Absolutely yeah. amazing. Gar- yeah, yeah. Gar- Garth Marenghi is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we we literally, I mean, we we say this a lot, but there's a, there's an office quote for kind of everything that happens, and it's still, I guess, relevant because we can relay it, and people do all the time. You see all the threads on Twitter of just quote after quote after quote. And I think, yeah, it fits in, doesn't it? It's weird how yeah. how there's always something that fits for any new story. A hundred percent, yeah. And it's it's often like I think not for me. I like it. It's always up there. Bloody yeah. repeats. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. Always up there. Yeah, yeah. You you probably have some of the most iconic of those, and the, and the ones that fit the majority. So that's um, 
I mean, yeah, Keith is probably probably an ideal icon to have, to have played. I think, um, but it is especially the last the last few years where seemingly everything ever needed some kind of survey. I think it yeah. it, it just brought the whole um, appraisal scene out again. It's just ev- everything you you know. You go to Tesco. They can we send you a survey? Oh, just fuck off and leave me alone, will you? Um, Walking to well, yeah. I'm, You know, you meet people who've, who've I'm, I met somebody who was uh, my mum met a, a policeman who said they used the, the appraisal scene in like police training videos <laughs> how not to do an interview type scenario so they do crop up in strange places that's incredible i love that yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of training video potential in the office we've said that before haven't we the safe or dangerous kind of but actually is gareth safe or dangerous and how not to be a predator in the office and then you've got obviously <laughs> exactly yeah and then obviously yeah, the appraisal scene as well i love it it could almost be relayed out as a well, you, there's a definitely a um thing. and a sort of a racism and uh equal opportunities type uh, video you can cut together quite easily there oh yeah definitely and they have their own training video in it don't they with piece yeah. of purpose i mean it's all there who cares already. wins <laughs> yeah that's, That's interesting, actually. During that scene or during that, that episode, you're asked if um, they said about what's your motivation. You said Keith would have liked to have written and played music. Do you, yeah, write, do you yeah. write or play any music yourself? No. Okay. No. Uh, but um, <laughs> weirdly, uh, I did, I still do. Uh, for some reason, that was the other thing. I think because of that line, again, not a Keith line. That was series one. That was just an office worker line. Uh, but because that line was there, they thought, oh, Keith, uh, he's into music. So from then on, I would always DJ if there was a party. Mm. I'd be the DJ. And then I ended up, uh, Ricky suggested to me when we were filming the Christmas specials, he said, oh, you should go out and DJ uh, as Keith and like the student unions and stuff. So I ended up doing that. <laughs> and so I do, still, I do still do DJ sets sort of as Keith. Uh, even to this day, so I've I've done the you know, weddings and corporate mm-hmm. events and Christmas parties and all sorts. Have you still got so, an allergy yeah, still costume? Do I don't have the allergy. I have an allergy costume uh, that I had to get off eBay uh, because uh, somebody requested it and I didn't have one. Uh, <laughs> but quite hard to get, especially those hats. Yeah, yeah, those Tommy gear. Them. Those Tommy Gear hats, they're, they're quite hard to get now, but I've managed to find one. So. We're full authentic uh, then. Got respect yeah, for yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about your DJing, actually. Have you got, um, have you got like a, any, any rules? I mean, people often think that DJing is just, you know, turn up, play some music, but there are certain rules yeah. you can follow, I'm sure. Like, you can't blow all your bangers before 11 o'clock. You've got like the kind of... Well, Typical, like coming out of the buffet songs at the wedding. Are there any sort of any tips you can give? Any well, it's common sense. It's common sense. (laughs) Uh, But the other good thing, especially now with Spotify, is that uh, you know I can actually, yeah, I can play whatever anyone wants. So if I'm doing a wedding, I can just go literally send me your playlist, and that's what I'll play. Love that. You know, so uh, and yeah, again with Spotify, you can do. You can do requests literally as they come in, as long as you've got internet, as long as you've got you know Wi-Fi, 
you can just play a song as soon as someone requests it, which is uh, very handy at weddings because it used to be the case where people get very, very angry <laughs> if they come up and request a song and you didn't have it. Whereas yeah. now, thankfully, yeah. that problem's gone. <laughs> so, yeah. You don't, have to, you don't make them hang around on the dance floor for a little bit just to keep it that little bit full. It's brilliant for me. It's brilliant for me because if someone comes up and makes a suggestion at a wedding and you know it's rubbish, uh, what you used to have to do was have an argument with them and go, well, I can't play that because you're going <laughs> to basically clear the dance floor and uh, ruin it. And they would have an argument with you for 10 minutes. Now what I do is I go, no one's going to go play it. I go, no one, you clear the dance floor. And they went, no, no, play it. And so I go, okay, and I'll play it and I'll clear the dance floor and I'll literally go on the microphone and I'll point them out. <laughs> go, this isn't my fault they asked for this and i'll point to them and they'll stand there looking really embarrassed and then they'll never ask for another request again which is brilliant there you Can't go guys yeah if you are ever uh at you and... that's the way to do it if someone's <laughs> coming up with requests and they're going to ruin the night just point them out let them take the take the fall for you full flag love it. <laughs> that's incredible I, I think i'd love to be a little wedding dj i think it'd be It'd be a good. Um, do you do any like um, any chat in between the records or any of you remember the old Peter K? Brave on, brave on, all that uh, sort of stuff. I, I'll do. So, I'll, I will. You know, I'll start off with it, but it gets pretty tiresome in the end. People, nobody really wants the chat from the DJ. <laughs> they might think they do. The DJ thinks they do. Pretty yeah. boring. The end of end of the financial year and spirits are in the sky. <laughs> yeah, I'll do a couple of those at the beginning, just to kind of because people think that's what they want, but no one wants them. DJ yakking over that once everyone's in the in the you know party mood. Absolutely. You don't yeah. want somebody giving a bunch of chat at you in between songs. I wonder if they still exist, those really old school kind of um but it's like it's like the Peter K stand up. hundred percent. There's still gotta be those out yeah, there somewhere. Still going. I'd yeah, be disappointed going if my DJ stuff. wasn't like that, I think. Smoke machines. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. they're still there. <laughs> You've moved on to your quizzes now then. That's been a, a decent little um sort of side venture during lockdown, I suppose. Yeah, it's another another uh you know, another thing to do. I've again I started off uh, doing them by accident. Um <laughs> but the last few years people it seems to be the trend, you know, quizzes based on, you know, mm. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or I know there's a guy I'd work with who does a peep show one as well. Uh, oh, right. Is this the Dobby Club? Yeah, yeah. 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 Giles yeah. from Dobby's Club, yeah. He yeah. does a, load of peep, a lot of peep show quizzes. So, yeah, again, it tends, seems to be a thing that's come in in the last few years. And, yeah, like you say, it's, it's great for lockdown because uh, it's easily transferable to do online. Mm. Yeah, we found a lot of... Uh, a lot of people in well we've had a lot of attendance for our sunday night um quizzes yeah it's been great and um whether they'll still be around when you're allowed out the house again is a different question <laughs> we'll, we'll see yeah <laughs> but if uh yeah if, if you need any questions then i think we've got a, an encyclopedia of far yeah, too that's many. True. i've spent far too many late nights writing up questions <laughs> yeah well so you know we should swap Swap notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think that's a good idea. I've got a massive spreadsheet for you if you ever want it. Yeah, that's a good chance. Do you have? Uh, let me guess a couple of questions that you that I, that I reckon you've got. Go on. Here we go. Because uh, some of these will be based on questions I've got. 
do you have the question? How tall is Anton? Uh, yes, I think. Well, we've yeah, we've done we've done sort of a spin-off um, midget dwarf quiz before on the podcast, haven't we? Which is Anton inspired. Um, but whether specifically, you, specifically have, Anton, I'm not sure. Actually, that's a good point. Do you have the question? What is Chris Finch's IQ? Uh, yeah, I think so. That one, yeah, yeah, I remember. I think I remember that one coming up. Classics. In fact, Classics. yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember. I got it wrong. They're 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 good. They're good solid questions because they're they're not overly hard. But you'd have to have yeah. at least watch the show to to get yeah. them. Uh, just they're right right in the nice slot. Of, Absolutely, know. yeah. They're the tough ones to find. You must yeah. have come across some really like mental super fans, almost sort of. Yeah. I guess it's different. Maybe I don't want to say it, but like a kind of on the spectrum level memory of the show, like photographic yeah. almost. Well, no, I'll tell you what it is. The people who do best are the pe- are the groups of lads who either are at uni together or they work together. And basically, all they do is they spend their lives posting the office to each other. Yeah. And those are the people who have the knowledge because yeah, you think you know about the office, but you can just remember bits, but not actually specifics. But these guys, because they know all the, the lines, once you do the beginning of a scene, they can then just literally finish it off yeah. word for word. So those well, are the guys who know all the dialogue that are going to get the answers right. Well, in our, in our quiz, we've got a round called I Like Blanks. And um, right. and that's essentially a kind of um, blankety blank type uh, answer the, the the missing word or phrase in a certain line of dialogue, and uh, that's been very popular. Uh, yeah, people seem to enjoy that, and I think it is because they get to just basically recite all these lines that are relatively niche, and kind of show that they've got that level of knowledge of the show. The sign of the for me, I found the sign of the, the proper proper fan. Uh, who is uh, who is going to win the quiz? Is the one who can who knows the time sponsored by Accurist on a speaking <laughs> clock. Those guys, anyone who gets that right, they generally go on to win the quiz. That's a great question. I love that. Great shot. I think yeah. that's that's one thing we've always looked for whenever we do a super fan series and a vast amount of guests from all different walks of life and trying to find sort of their niche the thing that, that is the most niche that maybe they love the most, it can be sometimes a look at the camera. I think we've had it before with Keith and, uh, and yourself where it's literally just the blink and the nod and something as, as small as that and as subtle as that. I think if, if that resonates, then generally, yeah, they're, they're going to do well on the quiz when it comes up. But we always like people to... Who know, people who know that Keith, Keith's own nickname for Pete Gibbons is Gibbo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We had it. It's when think... Gareth announces the people coming back to the party, the blast from the past, and he says Pete Gibbons, and for some reason I can't even remember why. <laughs> I saw that scene recently. I couldn't remember anything about it. Uh, for some reason he goes Pete Gibbons, and Keith just goes Gibbo. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's pretty. And that, to be fair, I still do that. Um, if anyone mentions somebody that I don't know in a room full of people, I do a lot of work, and then. Say, for instance, the surname is, I don't know, Johnson, you automatically go, Jono. And they're like, oh, you know him, you know John. And, and no, I'm yeah. just. Oh, oh, yeah. It's brilliant. But that has come from, from Gibbo, 100%. Mm-hmm. 
one of our one of our guests, <laughs> Michael, infected was, me. Michael, that was on with Jamie, yeah, Jamie Carragher, our Jamo, um, Cara. Carra. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've met Carra. I've met Carra a few times. He's a proper office fan. He's a big fan. Yeah, he, um, he did really well. Yeah, Michael said he he did your quiz on Facebook, and you had a round where you had um, dialogue played backwards, and he oh, said that yeah. there were some people that were just nailing it all, and he was saying he was absolutely amazed. Yeah, that's yeah. a scary, scary level of knowledge. That that was uh, again. That wasn't. That, that was actually the, uh, Giles from Dobby's Club. He put that quiz together. Uh, so he, he came up with that round. And I tell you what, he played it to me beforehand when we were doing our, because we had like a practice beforehand on Zoom. And I couldn't get any of them. I couldn't get any of the backwards ones. I thought it was too difficult. But yeah, well, there was a team that got them all, I think, which was unbelievable. That's mental. I think I struggled yeah. with that. I'd have to have a go. Does the. Um... Do you find that I've, another thing we've done with um, with all of our super fans is we've asked them, did they get an agenda for tonight's podcast or tonight's meeting? And yeah. to a man, absolutely every single one has come back with the did no get an agenda. Did no get an agenda. Until we got to Lucy. And uh, obviously <laughs> she was in that scene, but it didn't, it didn't have the same. She doesn't remember any of it. No, she yeah. doesn't remember it. But does, it's funny, I love following Lucy on Twitter. So <laughs> occasionally I have to step in and, and explain if she thinks someone's being rude to her. Yeah. Uh, and uh, bless Lucy, she's like the nicest person you'll ever, ever meet in your life. Definitely. And, and on Twitter, she'll think someone's being rude to her and she'll be like, well, that's, that's not very nice. And I have to step in and go, Lucy, it's uh, the quote in the office. Yeah. <laughs> you just said, can't remember it. She said that on our, on our chat. She said that someone once did all love me pathetic and she said oh that was so mean and then, yeah. she, said, and then she realized what it was yeah i think oh, i have to tell her that yes, was, um, just quoting on it yeah have you have you managed to keep up with that a bit better than you kind of uh, i guess it's you remember the uh, the lines a bit more a bit more easily yeah because because i because i started doing all the quizzes yes, because i must have done about um i've probably done over a hundred quizzes in the last three years uh, not only do I do I learn about it do it from writing the quiz, but on those evenings when I'm hosting them, all I have is just people shouting quotes at me all night. So you have to kind of try and you have to keep try to keep up a little bit. Batting them away. By knowing what yeah, exactly. You've got to try and bat them away. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 grab it if you haven't got one ready. <laughs> have you got a favourite Have you got a favourite yeah. line or scene? episode i would say uh i was saying some of the other day actually my, i think probably my favorite scene is uh the scene where brent's doing the speech when the swindon lot have arrived <laughs> that whole scene which has all his impressions very good all his jokes about i've never come over a little queer and all the eric hitchmo stuff of course is in that so i think that i do like that scene just because it kind of it was fun to do as well, and we've got. I think actually you can see. I think you can see Sterling losing it. I think they couldn't. They couldn't actually get a clean take when nobody was smiling or laughing. I think there's one point where you can see Sterling. She's sitting there actually just trying not to, not to smile at some of it. So it's a very funny, funny scene to do. I think Lucy yeah. said that about the um, the scene where Brent throws his hat and it hits her in the face. I think she said when we were speaking to her, that was another scene. Sounds exactly like that speech one where basically they had to almost 
just use a cut where she was laughing the least. <laughs> yeah. She just, yeah. She just had a smile on her face, made her laugh every time. Um, I can imagine it. I can imagine it being that way. It, it yeah. just from everyone that we've spoken to that's been involved in any way, it just sounds like it would have just been a, a bit of a fun house. Just such a great place to work and such a great environment. Especially if you've got there was so much, yeah. The, the biggest memory is the amount of laughter that we had, the amount of laughter going on while we were making it. It was just, um, yeah, Having people were hysterics a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the appraisal scene must have been like that for the for that one. I can imagine that taking a while. Yeah, well, he because he was he was doing all sorts to try and put profit <laughs> out, writing just usually like if he had his notepad with him as Brent, he would do. We start drawing obscene pictures with his pen, like cocks and fannies and tits. And he'd, he'd be drawing that and he'd be showing it to you while the camera was on you. And you know, he, he drew a little little face on his thumb. And he would show to me and give it a funny little voice. Uh, and uh, so anything he could do to sort of put you off, it was, uh, it was over like, season really. It seems like so it was, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of laughter. Just seems like he was desperate to sabotage his own show. It's uh, yeah. he was. I mean, exactly, exactly. But it kept him. It, it also, you know, it kept everyone on edge, and it gave it a certain frisson. I think that, that actually really works because you were always on the sort of the edge of uh, of a lot. So there was sort of a weird energy there, a weird energy that I think actually comes across on screen. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, that it's kind of that things are about to suddenly just sort of descend into carnage. When you laugh, it releases endorphins. <laughs> so, you know, laugh several yeah. times a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, let's, let's try it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess that that makes sense actually. If you think like, I imagine if you're working for Brent and he comes over, there would be that kind of oh my god, what's what's he going to do now? And I guess if that's happening in in reality too, then yeah, it gives it that. Um, that element of truth, I guess. I never thought of that. Love that. Love a bit of insight. See, that's why we do it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Just getting to the, the nitty gritty. Um, what What else have have you? I guess in terms of your your own career and and progressing away from the office, do you find that that Keith maybe held you back in that respect, or is it something that if everyone's literally shouting Keith at you, you struggle to break free of? Uh, not not. Necessarily, I don't think in terms of my career. No, I mean it's hard to say because there's nothing to um, to judge it against. So yeah, true. I can't. It's like because like similar for me for say having a, like my birthday is on Christmas Day, and people always have always said to me throughout my life, well, "What's it like uh, having a birthday on Christmas Day?" And I go, "Well, I don't know what it's like not to, so I've got nothing to compare it with." So that is a great point. That's a very good point. I'm going to stop asking that question to everyone yeah. around that time. Yeah. So it's the same with Keith. You know, I, how Keith has affected my career. I don't. I've got nothing to compare it to because I don't know what would have happened without Keith. So it's hard to uh, hard to answer, really. Very good. Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> Made a mockery. Made a mockery of the question. <laughs> <laughs> He's phased me. <laughs> phase you, yeah. Now try and phase me. <laughs> right, okay. I think I can bring so much to this. Um, <laughs> I think, I guess, yeah. You you find that certain people, um, and like like we mentioned, obviously Ralph likes to distance himself from Finchie. We don't really, I think, see uh, Martin Freeman as well. Doesn't seem all that interested in, in reliving the the show at all. Um, 
and it, it yeah it's there seems to be a kind of divide in terms of people like yourself and lucy that endorse it massively and, and give the, the fans and us divs what we want in terms of the quotes and, and reliving it um and then yeah it, it's just interesting to see whether there's um i guess any potential resentment there because it is so iconic and it is so um it is so big and, and massive in people's lives i guess but uh but yeah it makes makes sense that you wouldn't have well, the, I the think there's a resentment i think uh especially with someone like martin he's um i think he genuinely was just too busy to do anything really probably i mean i'd imagine he's not he's not just getting requests about the office i mean think of what the jrr tolkien fans are like <laughs> and the uh, sherlock holmes fans Nerds. i mean he's got everyone coming at him from all <laughs> angles so yeah. You know, if he said yes to anything, Gosh, he'd just he'd start an avalanche. I didn't even think of that Sherlock Holmes. Bloody hell. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Big time. Vodafone managed to nail him down, didn't they? <laughs> That's what we want. Need some big uh, telecom I think if you, if, you, uh, if you offered him the Vodafone money, you'd get him on the podcast in a shop. Yeah. Right. Right, let's have a whip round. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll crowdfund it. We do have a Kofi yeah. page. Just, yeah. Just saying. If you want Martin Sorry? on so we do have a Kofi page. So if the fans want to have Martin on, then uh, I think they might have to put their hands in their pockets. A lot. Yeah. yeah if you forget super fans, if you've got any super rich fans, you might yeah. want to get hold of them because uh, yeah, they're my favourite fans, the super rich ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're the ones that we uh, yeah that we want the most. Um, we have one thing I said at the start. Obviously, we try not to um, to kind of break up our graves in, in terms of asking you all the same stuff although i'm sure you get it all the time but talking to quizzes we'd love to ask you a few questions based on uh, keith's most famous lines and one of them is okay. probably the staying in and watching peak practice um yeah which he enjoyed um but we were wondering yeah. if you could guess how many people did actually enjoy that so the peak viewing figures of peak practice if you had to estimate what do you reckon that would be where are you getting this figure? Is this the average? Uh, this was the the peak viewing figures that it received. Uh, or no, sorry, it was it was the regular kind of yeah average viewing figures over the over the series. Okay, I reckon looking back, peak practice that would have been nineties. It was quite popular. I reckon somewhere between eight and nine million. Or oh, it's underacted. It's fifteen million. It says. Which is fifteen. Uh, which is, yeah, which is huge, isn't it? It's massive. Yeah, that was normal back though. But yeah, I should have gone higher, really. Undirected. And then, is that more or less than the office? Well, certainly more than first series of the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. The office. Um, the office, according to to the internet, which is always right. The internet. Um, was yeah, fifteen and a half million peak on the Christmas special. So yeah. you should have done peak practice podcast really. That's what we've learned. Series from. series one of the office when it was first went out, I reckon you'd be looking at probably under a million. I think was it in one of the they do like the, the anniversary shows or the looking back on shows. I think Ricky and Steve mentioned that it had the worse ratings than women's bowls or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, women's curling, yeah. Women's <laughs> curling. Which is yeah, a sad indictment, and it shows it's come a long way since then, which is good. For yeah, yeah, it's true. The public no fuck all, don't they? <laughs> well, to be fair, it wasn't the public's fault because there were no trailers for it and there were no publicity. 
And it was actually the public that saved it because it wasn't until it was repeated that, it, that the viewing figures came in because all the people who'd watched it the first time all got their mates to watch it. Uh, it wasn't it repeated because obviously these two. Yeah, it? but it was before the iPlayer and before YouTube. You know, if you missed it, you missed it. You know, you yeah. can go back and watch it again back in those days. So it needed people to get their mates to watch it when it was repeated, and that's when it kind of took off. It's a good point. I've never considered that before. Where you get those sort of, it resonates with a few people, and like you say, back then it's a case of you can't just like oh this show just. You know, you can get it here, there, and everywhere. But if you've got to say to your mate, right, I've seen the show, it's amazing, make sure you watch it. They've got to be nailed down at that particular time. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. TV. And people would watch it. People would look at it, think it was a real documentary, and just go, oh, that's that's rubbish. (laughs) Yeah, we've had that a lot. We've heard that. And we've heard a lot of people who it's it's become more of an affinity or have had more of an affinity with the show kind of, from re-watching it years later on a Netflix or a, like an iPlayer, like you say. Um, and almost then, uh, especially for us, it, it's funnier now because we know the lines that we've done with, with each other in WhatsApp groups and how it relates back to normal life. So it has, it's layered, I guess now. So it's hopefully, a, I don't know if you've noticed that whether there's been a kind of a rebirth or a, a resurgence of, of office culture. But oh, listen, so, I mean, I get freaked out all the time. I get people come up to me, fans of The Office, who weren't born when it came out. <laughs> that's, that's the weirdest. Cool. You know, people, it's because they get it gets passed down, you know, from fathers and big brothers and big sisters or whatever to their, their kids or their siblings. Uh, but it's, it's happening all the time, you know, people who weren't born... Uh, saying oh it's one of their favorite shows and that that's what really sort of freaks me out that is strange that it's, is cool it's weird because yeah. the show the show itself if you if you kind of look back on it it's probably aged a fair bit so it's not it's not necessarily aged the best in terms of the date it was set and you know the various things like the talking clock and his uh, cassette answer phone thing and all that so yeah. there's probably a lot of, a lot of people that would think Christ knows what that is, and the the mobile phone sort of holster, all that sort of <laughs> stuff, or all, all these kind of things that the were. The fact that he called it, he even called it a portable phone. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but it's oh, funny it that you're always in the whilst, office. Whilst the whilst the show and the kind of um, the I don't know the universe it's kind of set in is back then, obviously. Now, the, the issues that they talk about in the show are almost just as relevant, if not more, when it comes yeah, to absolutely. Like no, race I, I completely and agree. sexism and stuff. It's, yeah. So that's why I think it's always going to be popular, because people can still appreciate the themes of what's going on, if not the time period it was set, if that makes sense. And the fact that you have those time, you have, everyone has like a Brent they know or a Gareth that they know, mm. yeah. and that's how they act, you know, and it's like... It's, kind of laughing at the stereotypes i guess have you ever worked in an office yourself yeah i've even worked in an office with the when the office was on tv (laughs) (laughs) you're feeding back material (laughs) no yeah it was it was weird you know it was just that's that's what i was doing during the filming of it you know i was i was working for a market research company and uh even after, it wasn't until 
the after the specials that I kind of started doing like the acting and that side of it full time. After series one and I think after series two even, I went back to my sort of, uh, you know, I was doing comedy. I was still doing comedy. I wasn't making a living off of it. So I was still doing sort of a nine to five-ish job at a market research company. So yeah, that was very weird. It's, it's mad. Love that. Love a good, um, love a good office prank as well. Love it. All the kind of Gareth and uh, and Tim elements. We're often hearing a lot of stories from those. And again, I think any of those that can be relived are always uh, always good fun. I think um, yes. another another famous Keith line is uh, obviously the guaranteeing them at least one orgasm. Um, yeah. Hopefully the, that's. The question is, do you guarantee at least one? <laughs> I'm sure that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're on strange territory there, aren't you? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if anyone guarantees anything. <laughs> I certainly don't. No, not anymore. I, I try and dampen expectations, if anything. Exactly. If anyone, anyone with that sort of guarantee is probably a liar, to be honest. So. Yeah, hundred percent. But the question we we found again from the uh, the ever spurious uh, internet is. Uh, would you hamper a guess at the most orgasms in one go or in one hour, I should say? For male or female? Uh, it is female, I should say. It'll be something stupid like, it'll be like um, in an hour, it'll be something like 400. Oh, it's big. It's very big. Steve, any ideas? I don't think I've told uh, you this. I don't know. I remember us having a me asking you a similar question in one of our uh, one of our quizzes it was like the the most ejaculations in 24 hours or something the guy think... almost wanked himself to death <laughs> um, I think I'm we go... did do the male one yeah so we've balanced out now because that's you know I'm, go I'm going to go 150 oh it's very close it is actually 134 Ooh. so I mean fair enough I don't know if that's a good you or bad thing you them all <laughs> what uh, yeah, I just can you imagine having to set that record? You'd be I'd naked, get bored after ten minutes, I think. Yeah, it's not not for me that. Who's one. like who's like measuring it? Got like Norris <laughs> McWhorter from the Guinness Book of Records in with the stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had to check each one, check the contractions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's derogatory. Oh, shame. Um, and there is a there is a little part two to that one. What's the longest orgasm? Again, female. One singular orgasm, longest time recorded. I'll say three, three and a half hours. Oh, again, that's that's long. Oh, imagine three go. and a half hours. If you, oh, I want to go eight minutes. No, both massively overrated, I'm afraid, and uh, yeah, <laughs> showing how little you know about the uh, the female <laughs> side of things. So, um, it's forty five seconds. Is the uh, is the official world record? Uh, I'm going to have to question your sources there. I think you're you're yeah. looking in the wrong places. Me, me oh. and you have definitely definitely broken that one. Not together. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> I've seen. I've, yeah, not, I'm not. I've seen longer than that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it said. Uh, I've been. It said it involved 25 um, individual contractions in that 45 seconds. So, uh, look, I'm happy to be proved wrong. I'm and happy to move on. I'm glad that you two, you know, we're learning a lot about you both. That's good news. Yeah. Um, the last one, 
again, I'm sure everyone asks you about Scotch eggs, but uh, again, I'm sure you're probably bored of talking about them. But would you want to have a guess at what the biggest recorded Scotch egg is? In weight, we'll go weight rather than size. Well, I'll tell you this right now. There was a thing a couple of years ago about a guy who literally, nothing to do with the office, he went and he made a Scotch egg using an ostrich egg. Yeah. And it was about, it must have been about three or four stone heavy. I think that's probably this one then. This is it. The 11 kilogram ostrich egg, Scotch egg. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Imagine Jesus. trying to chow that down. It took, was it about seven hours to cook? Seven hours to cook. Impressive. Yeah, it was the big old, uh, big old egg. Yeah, um, I'd quite like to have a go at that then. Would you? I don't think it was a one-man job. I don't think it was a one-man job. I think it was one of those, uh, you know, to slice it up. You'd be in trouble. Portions. One of those, like, Man V Food challenges. The 11 kilogram Scotch yeah. Good luck no with that. No one's going to do that. It'd be worth a uh, worth a go on a night out, wouldn't it? Just finish up, and then uh, get you and uh, ten of your mates. <laughs> yeah, see if, see if you can finish it in one sitting. One sitting, excuse me. Well, there you go. There's some um, there's some new quiz questions there for everyone. So uh, if you fancy uh, fancy go at them, then yeah. If you've got a spurious Scotch egg knowledge, then um, yeah, you might do well. I'm not sure that anyone will really be that interested, but I thought it'd be something different. Give it a go. <laughs> um have you got uh, have you got plans obviously for um when lockdown's finished and the world starts turning again or was there anything that was put on hold while you were uh, while you've been shut inside yeah a couple of uh, a couple of things on hold and just uh, waiting for you know see what happens see if they what happens with them getting rearranged and it's all a bit up in the air at the moment but yeah, it's got um, it's got to be an odd time to be an actor or someone in a sort of the performance field um yeah, because no one knows when when we when things can start up. So, has, has there been any sort of murmurs? I don't know if it'd necessarily be um, financially viable, like with the football. Would it be something? Has anyone ever sort of mentioned about whether they could go resume filming with tests regularly and that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think some things have. It's just difficult. I think some of the soaps, I think, are looking at maybe starting up again, but with, uh, you know, restrictions in place. Mm. Uh, but I don't think it'll be until July at the earliest, to be honest. Yes. Looking likely, isn't it? It's very strange. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had yesterday, um, my football manager said that they've provisionally given the go-ahead to start the season in September, which I, w- I was amazed by. You know, I, I'm, I work in a hospital and I'm still wearing a mask at my desk. And the idea of in three months' time to be, I don't know, sort of sweating and heavy breathing and over people and then play football. <laughs> and, you know, it just the trouble seems... is now, now the shops are open, you go out, no one's, it feels like lockdown's over. Yeah. You know, if you go and wander around town, like no one's bothered anymore. They saw people uh, fighting to get into the Nike store in London and Vista Village was absolutely packed. You just think? Exactly. It's like, it feels like people are just going back on to normal of their own accord. Probably because of this whole Dominic Cummings thing. It's like, well, if the government aren't taking it seriously, then why should we kind of attitude? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, it, but it definitely seems to be happening. 
I found out today as well that I've I've had COVID. I'm a survivor. So. <laughs> well done, brother. You've done it. You've come yeah. through it. Yeah. I, I beat it. Um, although all that clapping is what sort it's, it's <laughs> gave me the uh, gave me the strength. There's definitely a. Uh... There's definitely plenty of comedy to take out of it, although it's obviously a pandemic and people are dying, but there's definitely loads of random things that we've been... You'd like to out think... Of this, out of this. There's a, there's a someone, story there. Someone would be skilled enough to write some kind of comedy based on the whole pandemic that, whilst is funny, also respects the fact that so many people have obviously died. And there will be. There'll, at least, there'll be at least yeah. a couple of amazing either comedy routines or shows based on it mm. they'll just nail it and then everyone else will go well why didn't we think of that it's just, it always happens like that there's definitely yeah, going to be a bbc happens. bbc comedy and a channel four kind of drama about it i reckon <laughs> just called virus or something like that prediction made two-parter guarantee or frankie boyle frankie boyle will do like a 10 minute routine that will just absolutely nail it or something like that yeah yeah nish kumar who Very says good. viruses have to yeah. be depressing? <laughs> there you go. Especially when you've had it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell everyone what it was like, Steve? I mean, do you want to go into? Do you want to relive it, or is that not 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 really what you want oh, to I'm do? Not, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure. I'm ready yet. No, I wouldn't have thought so. No, that's fair. Understandable. Or was it a slight sniffle? Was it? <laughs> I, I I was I had something in I think January where it completely nailed me for a couple of days. Um, and then I lost my taste and smell for a couple of months in about April, March, April time. Um, yeah, I, I can't say there was a definite point where I thought, oh, Christ, I've definitely got it. Um, well, there would be then when you lose your smell and taste, that's when you know you've got it, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah I would have so. for, for about a month, I was thinking, this is really odd. I've lost my taste and smell. And people kept saying, oh, it's hay fever. Don't worry about it, it's hay fever. Unless you've got a cough and a fever, it's not it's not coronavirus. It's just hay fever. And then we came out with the um, oh yeah, actually that is a symptom. For about six weeks yeah. behind everyone else. Forgot about that. Um, yeah, it was a proper. Oh, I forgot about that. Moment. <laughs> but, How is the vid? You had it yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you three symptoms, yeah, and then two more if you need. Them. Well, that's almost exactly what it was. <laughs> no, we we don't want to give any more symptoms. Cough and fever. We'll give, yeah. give some more if if they come. If they come. He gives the symptoms. <laughs> oh, it's just you too, know you. You know you weird. haven't got you haven't got coronavirus. <laughs> you haven't got coronavirus. You know you haven't got it. <laughs> oh dear! It's just it's it's just that easy. Once you get you, into it, that's it. Do you get stuck into this in your in your private life? Because obviously we're office nerds, geeks, whatever. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the WhatsApp groups and things that we're in, you know, someone will say something completely unrelated to anything. Next thing you know, there's 10 messages back with office quotes. If you're just having a chat with someone that you, you know, you might not even necessarily know them all that well, but presumably they're going to recognize you from the show. Um, do you ever get into those kind of back and forth? Not really, only with only with office fans, you know. Not 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 generally in real life, no. Probably for yes. the best. Yes, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Otherwise I'd just go mad. It's when you do it and then they don't get it and then you look like the idiot 
it's like no but you don't it's, it's not worth it <laughs> have you got um or is are you aware of anything in terms of a 20-year anniversary which is next summer isn't it since series one launched no i'm not i'm not i i, I remember that the other day when i was talking to someone else and we men- and they mentioned oh yeah 2001 uh now i'm not aware of anything actually nothing at all so you know It'd be nice if the BBC repeated it. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But you just don't know. We're trying yeah. to to perhaps um, do a kind of an, an unofficial or maybe even official type of trying to bring people together and do something to kind of commemorate 20 years, I guess. We've briefly been in touch with the, the commissioners, haven't we? But it's not um, not something we're especially good at. So <laughs> we might need some might need some proper. Uh, some proper intellect to uh, to look at it but uh, and obviously some sign off from a from an official point of view as well but yeah i think it'd be great to celebrate one the fact that it's still so relevant and and two 20 years of of kind of iconic status is uh, is amazing and should be should be rewarded if yeah anything. it'd be nice if they if they yeah if they do like a, a new documentary or something or just commemorate it in some way i mean the bbc that is but we'll just have to wait and see i don't know i'm not sure if there are any plans or might Anything be, at the moment, but might be might be up on the, on edgy ground, like we said. Obviously, they might, might just want to put their head in the sand and yeah, it. probably now's not the best time to <laughs> sort of start focusing on the nineties comedy, two thousands <laughs> even. Yeah, very true. Well, ho- hopefully we can we can make that happen, and uh, hopefully with the power of fans and uh, and, and these yeah. kind of outlets, then uh, then yeah, we can we can make that. Make that dream come true, <laughs> too. <laughs> AKA. Peace out, V. For you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's too much. But look, you and I massively appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, and uh, it's. Hey, no worries, guys. Appreciate you. You know, it's. When, when is your next quiz? I don't know because I was meant to be doing one literally a week today. But again, Giles is meant to be organising it and he's been a bit lax. Uh, Slagging so. If, uh, yeah, slagging you off. Yeah. You personally, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but exactly, because he's, he's mainly Peach Show, you know, Peach Show a lot. Little slugs, little slugs. <laughs> but I'll let you know when, as soon as I know when the next one's on, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. There's a, there's a potential Peep Show office crossover there, because we're good friends with the uh, the guys who do the, the Peep Show podcast. So um, okay, we could look yeah, at, uh, yeah. Cool. A, Peep show office off quiz yeah, yeah. Of some sort. That's a good that might, chat. That might be interesting. Yeah, the uh, yeah. podcast that's Secrets good. of the Pharaohs. The uh, Peep Show podcast. They're good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We did we did the Brent versus Johnson, didn't we? Um, boss yeah. boss off, which was a stitch up. It was a stitch oh, up. Oh. Stitched us up on that one. Um, so yeah, maybe the quiz is the revenge that we can we can seek. That would be nice. perfect. Yeah, so yeah, stay in touch and uh, and let and those... you, yeah, stay in touch, guys. Um, if, um, gen- genuinely, if you uh, if you give me your email address or something, I'll send you over some of the questions I've got. Okay, yeah, I'll do just that. For, yeah, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. I'll email it to your uh, to your Twitter. Cool, awesome, lovely stuff. Twitter. Look, really, really Cheers, appreciate guys. you joining us, and uh, yeah, stay in touch, and we'll, we'll hope to see you soon. Thanks, you, guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Take bye. it easy. Bye-bye. Bye, bye, bye. There we go. Ewan, what a legend. Another one. Top man. Yeah, really enjoyed that. I think um, it's nice to 
hear someone who's still genuinely sort of has been in the show and still loves the show and loves getting involved. I think that's that's brilliant. Yeah, so it's some interesting um interesting takes as well, like the whole office worker thing. Never never come about that, you know, they were just generic roles. Um and even the name. Now that was a that was a weird little touch. Yeah. I mean, if you were looking at Ewan and you just had to assign him a name there and then. Difficult to say now because it's Keith. Yeah. What do you reckon? I don't know, Keith or Barry maybe. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Or maybe a Graham. Graham, that was his name in his film, wasn't it? Graham. Is it? Oh, there you uh, go. Um, Shed of the Dead. Yeah, Graham. There you go. I told you he's a Graham. So, and that, you know. And that's you saying it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I think if, if you are um, if you are on social media or you, you interact in any way with us, then, uh, then definitely go and give you and a follow, and um, you know, stay in touch with him. And, and he's doing lots of uh, office-based quizzes and DJing, as you said. And I think he's doing some Father's Day stuff as well. Um, although probably by the time this goes out, Father's Day would have been and gone. But there might be other uh, other opportunities to. Um, to utilize some of those uh those aspects of what he's doing and uh, and yeah say thanks as well um i'll ask him to keep putting up the questions for us for the quiz so that'd be <laughs> that would be brilliant yeah it's going to be interesting to see what he's got in relation to what i've got because i'd imagine they're going to be fairly similar um but yeah that's another thing we've got our, our quizzes on sunday so um we'll have more of them going forward just more of these really more of these really opportunities yeah yeah just sort of say come out and come out and say hello i'm still waiting for someone to come on and just go oh no no i just thought i was just it's gonna come out and say hello yeah, that's that's that is the piece to la resistance um yeah we've got um we've got a few more obviously uh guests to um to welcome onto the podcast and uh, as we say you've got the uh, the quizzes on Sundays which through lockdown have been absolutely fantastic and thanks to everyone that's been part of them they've been really enjoyable um, we're now on YouTube you can go and find us at uh, podcast devotee his uh, his channel um, has, uh, has put all of the uh, the back catalog on and, and we'll slowly kind of catch back up to to where we're at um, so go and give him a subscribe and uh, all the things that you do on there press the bell I think it is and like right etc and obviously the same for us if you're if you're if you're listening and enjoying then please tell a friend rate subscribe etc say hello send us an email send us your feedback um it really does help us uh yeah keep going really it's all for you <laughs> not for you but for <laughs> he's not i'm not he's not i'm not he, he knows um, yeah and we've we've uh I mean, we we don't like to say it, but we have got our, our Kofi page. So if you uh, we do like, you do to, say it, like Steve. Do like to say it, yeah, yeah, that that's a lie. We do <laughs> like saying it. Um, we've got our Kofi page. If you do want to um, perhaps help us out, you know, buy us a coffee or maybe even one each. I mean, yeah. We don't mind sharing, but these days with coronavirus, you can't be too careful. That so, is true. It is a health and safety issue. Um, so yeah. I think if anything, you know, you've you've got to consider that. Um, you can find us at, at co-fee.com slash out of office, I think. That sounds about it, right. We'll, we'll, it'll be we'll, in our um, it'll be in our Twitter bio, I'd imagine. Yeah, so it's professional. Professionalism is 
and that's what we want. Yeah, maybe maybe you could raise enough money to replace the hosts. <laughs> Get some well, real people in. We've actually obviously we heard it from them. Martin Freeman needs the Vodafone money, so Yeah. How much I mean, how much do you reckon that was? I'm gonna I'm right. Vodafone advert, what are we talking, do you reckon? I'm it's saying at least bucks, fifty bags. At least. It's big bucks, isn't it? I, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily like to guess, but I'm going to guess. I'm going between, <laughs> between seventy to a hundred grand. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking that as that's what it is now. There's actually yeah. no, no evidence to back but it. The thing is, the, right. fact, the fact we're talking about it goes to show money well spent. Yeah, Vodafone. Well, if you I'm listen. on O2, but I'm considering Vodafone now. Well, they share the mask, don't they, with Vodafone? So you kind of, they're all linked, wow. aren't they? In a way. It's all one big system, isn't it? Let's see if Rick to mug us all off as consumers. Mm. Yeah. Obviously, 5G's coming. Danger. Oh, let's not, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, we won't do the conspiracy stuff. Um, but he'd already been in the Hobbit, hadn't he, when he got the Vodafone gig, so. Oh, he, he didn't need the money. I'm sure he wasn't, he wasn't short of a few quid. Yeah, so if you are, yeah, thinking about maybe on the edge, on the fence, of whether to support the podcast and and just uh, actually part of some cash, then what more motivation do you need? Yeah, together we can earn the kind of dollar that Martin Freeman needs. Yeah, essentially, so we're looking roughly between seventy to hundred grand. You know, it should be fairly easy. Yeah, three pound yeah. of coffee. You do the maths. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that pro rata? No mm. idea. Maybe. We could split it and you know just get some bang average guests at yeah a little bit less money each and spread the spread the love we'll find a way that or sounds just, more like us or just keep it and retire so one of them in it it's very true but we'll we're not chasing a yankee dollar no no um all right i'll see you next week then i guess See you next time for the next edition, next guest, next conversation. Take it easy. Stay safe. Well, you don't need to anymore. You're a survivor. <laughs> See you later. See you later. When I die in the name of the